0: guys welcome
1: back to floral couch conversations i'm emily and i'm Melissa.
0: how's it going
1: good i was actually just scrolling through twitter and did you see the tweet about not washing your legs what no (laughs) so this person tweeted and i don't remember i heard about it on podcast too but this so i don't know if this was the original tweet but someone tweeted essentially like stop shaming people for not washing their legs in the shower they're self-cleaning because gravity and so it like (laughs) sparked a debate (laughs) I'm like whether people do that (laughs) do you wash your legs in the shower
0: I actually don't like well not directly but it's because I have really dry skin and Um. I mean this might be going into too much information but (laughs) but soap is like really bad for your skin actually like you're not really supposed to like scrub your skin all the time with whatever, like, chemically soap you get at Target. So I usually just, like, wash the rest of my body and then not my legs because my skin just gets too dry.
1: Yeah. Understandable. I feel like I didn't, yeah, I, like, very quickly wash them, but. Uh, I mean, unless
0: they're, like, dirty for some reason.
1: Right. I also realized that, like, I don't use, like, a washcloth or anything, which is apparently weird.
0: That might be weird. I, I mean, I use, like, a loofah thing, which is actually really gross if you do research on it. But I just haven't actually stopped. So
1: I get new <laughs> well, ones all the time. So Yeah. Well, no, it's funny because people, like, that grew up with, like, always using a washcloth, they're always using a loofah, think it's weird to just use your hands. But people that use your hands, like, I don't know. It's funny how you grow up with something and then you don't realize that it might be weird until you're exposed.
0: Yeah, I never use like a washcloth, like those little square washcloths. Yeah. Um and so we don't have any in our house because neither of us use any and we had someone staying in our house and they were like, "Hey, can I borrow a washcloth?" and we were like, oh, "We
1: don't have any." <laughs> like, here's a hand towel. Such <laughs> savage hosts. <laughs> yeah. Do you, can you think of anything that, did you have any moments where you realized that not everyone did something a certain
0: way? If I thought about it for a while, I could probably come up with several things, but I I feel like, yeah, I just like, it was a learning process of when, especially going to college and like hearing other people's experiences, you're definitely opened up to like a whole new world of
1: weirdness or the fact that you're weird. Did you have any of that when you moved in with Scow? Like, is there anything like, oh, I always do it this way? Oh,
0: the first thing that comes to mind is that it was, like, a a really big struggle to get him to remember to lock the doors. Oh. And, uh, I mean, we don't live in, like, a dangerous neighborhood, but... There's been break-ins and especially like recently there's been people who like breaking people's cars to get a garage door opener to open the garage or I mean my parents don't live that far from us and they had someone like just try to open their sliding glass back door when it was unlocked yeah. and they have an alarm so it like went off and the person ran away but like we don't have that so if someone tried to open our back door they could just walk right in.
1: Right, and you're like on a busier road.
0: Yeah, we are kind of, like, off off of it, though, like, set back and behind woods, so it's not, like... Someone would have to be, like, targeting our house, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> but it just bothered me. I was, like, I really need the doors to be closed and locked. Um, his excuse is always, I grew up in a small town, like, we never
1: locked the door. Which, Which like... It's understandable it's but... understandable
0: but also you haven't lived there for right however many years so.
1: this is a necessary thing to adapt like you're like you can't compromise on this one yeah
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think what else I feel like I, I kind
1: of dominated
0: the like we're gonna do things my way <laughs> which is maybe not the best but I mean hey if he was cool with it true although I'm we're pretty similar so
1: yeah the one that comes to mind for me is I think you actually bought me my first like cooling rack for like baking like historically like every time I made cookies growing up we laid out newspapers oh and put them on newspaper to cool which I just assumed everyone did because that's how my grandma always did it when I would bake cookies with her and that's how my mom did it and then I was like oh Cooling racks—they exist. Weird. Not everyone uses newspaper, which like questionable sanitation. Santa... Yeah, what? sanitation.
0: I understand <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> okay, uh, yes. but but newspaper has like a very specific scent, and
1: I feel like that would get on the bottom of your cookies. I mean, either I like that taste or it didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Does did you ever ask your grandma if she had specific
0: reasoning for why she did that?
1: No, I didn't actually. I probably I should actually. because
0: I mean there is like scientific reasons why you use a cooling rack so that like the air can get all around and the bottom doesn't get soggy.
1: I feel like it's probably that it's like thick enough paper to absorb the grease and it's like there. <laughs> That's true, easy, but
0: easy access and you can see the grease absorbing. That's kind of satisfying,
1: I guess. <laughs> What? But, yeah, I'll have to actually ask her if there was a reason, or she's probably going to tell me that's how her mom did it, so.
0: <laughs> Were you one of those people who took, like, a paper towel or a napkin to soak up the grease on your pizza?
1: No. Were you?
0: Yeah, but I feel like it was just from watching other people doing doing it and then deciding I needed to do it, too. Uh,
1: yeah, I feel like in, like, middle school it was cool to co- talk about how greasy the pizza was and do it, but... I probably have done it. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast, actually, and they were talking about this tweet. And the host said that when his sister got married, like, in their growing up, they had a communal sock drawer, like, for their whole family. <laughs> when she got married, like, it was, yeah, just, like, everyone wore the same socks, I guess. And so when they got, she got married, she, like, combined them in the same drawer, and her husband was like, what the heck are you doing?
0: <laughs> it's just interesting that you don't know it's weird until... That is inter- interesting. Did you have like a dirty clothes pile or like cupboard or something for your family? Like, did you guys all do the do your laundry together?
1: Yes, we like had yeah oh by our like our washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we did, did too, uh, yeah, we did too until I feel like my mom just like got fed up and was as soon as we learned how to do laundry in like seventh grade, family class or whatever it's called um she was like I'm no longer doing it and so I did my own laundry from like seventh grade on interesting which I actually kind of liked because I don't really mind doing laundry and it was just a way for me to guarantee that like I always knew where my clothes were and when they were gonna get washed and I just like had more control over it which I appreciated that's
1: true I would like do laundry but it would be like everyone's clothes. Interesting. Anyway, on today's episode,
0: we're talking all about
1: the Enneagram. Can you explain to our listeners what the Enneagram is?
0: Yeah, so the Enneagram is basically a personality test slash tool, and it tells you about yourself similar to the way that Myers-Briggs does, which is what we've talked about before, but but it's different than that. And I feel like it's kind of trendy these days because I've heard a lot about it on, like, podcasts. And, like, there's a whole podcast dedicated to the Enneagram, which is interesting because I'm like, how do you find enough to talk about that in a podcast? Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe we just don't know enough. We should do more research.
1: Yeah. I guess we'll see. Maybe this will be a multiple episode event. TBD.
0: So... <laughs> Just for everyone's information, the Enneagram is a powerful tool for personal and collective transformation, stemming from the Greek words enne, which means nine, and gramos, a written symbol. The nine-pointed Enneagram symbol represents nine distinct strategies for relating to the self, others, and the world. Each Enneagram type has a different pattern of thinking, feeling, and acting that arises from a deeper inner motivation or worldview. Learning about these patterns fosters greater understanding through a universal language that transcends gender, religion, nationality, and culture. While we're all unique, we share common experiences. So we will we'll link this info, and then you can see the nine-pointed pattern thing that like shows how all the personalities connect. But Alyssa and I took the Enneagram to find out what our types were, and so... We're going to talk a little bit about it.
1: Yeah. We actually took two different tests. We took a free one and then decided to pay for one and got different results, actually.
0: Yeah. So I have to admit that the first time I did it, I did it like quickly on my phone.
1: Same. And
0: I was not really super engaged in what I was doing. So that probably could have helped. But yeah, both of us took the free version. And then when we took the paid version, which was a little bit more (laughs) legit, Hmm. we got different results. But I do want to talk about some of the questions on the free test. So we can go, we can come back to that. Do you want to talk about your type? Yeah. So I'm a type two, which is the giver. Spoiler alert. I'm also a type two. No
1: way. We are the same person. Basically. INFJs and type two. Type twos. (laughs) So I thought that.
0: Can you, you can have different wings. So even though the two of us have the same wings, which just to explain anyone who doesn't know a wing. So you have your main type and then you have wings, which are like tendencies. Like you can, in certain situations, act more like a different type. And then um, there's also a security point, which is the type that you act when you feel the most like safe or relaxed or like you're alone Um, and then there's a stress point, which is the type that you act like when you're stressed or in a stressful situation. My first question in explaining that was, can you, you can have different wings, right? But
1: we just ended up having the same ones. I think so. I'd be, yeah, I, I, I assumed that you could, and yeah, we just ended up having the same ones. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll read a little bit about us.
0: Givers believe you must give fully to others to be loved. Consequently, givers are caring, helpful, supportive, and relationship-oriented. They also can be prideful, intrusive, and demanding. (laughs) Focuses of attention are others' needs, feelings, and desires. Life lesson is to develop the humility that comes from allowing yourself to be loved without being needed and to have needs of your own. Oh, so that's,
1: like, what we need to learn? Yes. Because it was interesting when we were taking. So the way it works is you read paragraphs and you rate whether they sound like you it's mostly, like mostly, somewhat, or not at all. Yes, and so and then it narrows down, and then you get to read a little bit more about them. And one of the items that you could read about is like something that was lacking. So like something you didn't get, it said as a child, and so that's why you have to learn this life lesson, which is kind of interesting. I thought. I wonder what, how, why we didn't get this as a child. I don't know. Well, so the way I think it, yeah, there's something that happened, so we formed a different connection in our brains, of needing to be needed to have love, which yeah, is interest. It's interesting.
0: It's really interesting to me reading about this and and feeling like I have already learned this about myself without even like taking this test to have it tell me Mm -hmm. because and just like how I've learned certain things about myself and changed them in different relationships in order to like have better relationships because I'm like it says twos are overly helpful nagging controlling and resentful and like, I've learned that about myself that I can be overly controlling, but in a way that like, I'm trying to help the person. And so I've had to like, learn that and like, really chill out and not do things like that.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, there's definitely parts where I think I've, yeah, already learned the lesson. Like, it says type twos have a hard time expressing their own needs. And I felt feel like definitely like in the last few years, I've gotten better about being like, nope, I need a me day or a personal day. Mm -hmm. And I can remember back to times where I would just say yes to everything and then, like, be resentful that I was, like, doing all this stuff for someone and, like, not getting anything in return when in reality I wasn't telling anyone what I needed. Yeah,
0: exactly. And one of the other prompts or whatever was, like, you – feel like you're always saying yes to things and like you overstretch and I feel like both mm-hmm. both of us do that but have been like trying to not do that in the in like the past few years or months
1: yeah as you said that the word like people pleaser came into my mind oh yes we're kind of people pleasers we are and
0: sometimes for me I feel like that comes from being in the middle child because oh. I was always just trying to keep the peace in my family by like not being the one to stir up any drama so I was like okay well I'm gonna try to like get attention by just being the best at everything and so I feel like that's where my like perfectionism comes from because like instead of like being a troublemaker I was like I have to get all A's and I have to be starting on the basketball team and I have to be the one who does like the best stuff just so that I'm keeping the peace no one's worrying about me I'm just like doing my thing
1: yeah that's interesting I feel like mine maybe comes from like my parents always like they don't have like four-year degrees or anything and they always were like you have to do this this and this to get to college to like have a good life essentially and that was like super instilled in me so I was like okay I have to get great grades I have to just like do everything right essentially In order to have a good life. And so I think that's where mine maybe stemmed from. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because the perfectionist is one of our wings. And I think there's a lot of overlap in being a perfectionist and like a people pleaser. Like you said, keeping the peace. Yeah. It's interesting that
0: we are like different types of perfectionists. And like I knew a lot of people in high school who were perfectionists because their parents put so much pressure on them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like my parents put pressure specifically on me. They were always kind of like, oh, just do your best and, like, do whatever you want. But, like, what I wanted was to be the best and to be perfect.
1: I Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I feel like similarly, like, I don't ever remember my, like, they instilled that I needed to, like, do well to get, like, far in life. But I, like, put the pressure on myself as far as, like, the details, <laughs> like, Doing well in school or, yeah, playing sports, et cetera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're doing some uh, psychoanalyzing of our
0: childhoods. (laughs) uh, Well, one thing I wanted to point out, too, is that when I first was learning about this, I was really confused because I took the test and it gave me my type. And I was like, okay, I can see one aspect of this in my personality, but this isn't like my personality.
1: Mm-hmm. But then reading
0: more, it's, like, no, like, this is your dominant personality, but, like, here's what you are in all these different situations. So, it's, like, you can swing from point to point depending on, like, who you're interacting with and wh- what situation you're in. So, that makes more sense to me because when I first read it, I was, like, well, this is me, but only in, like, certain situations. And, like, I've learned to, like, not be as much like this. But it was very the first test we took was very, like, negative. Like, I feel like it was all the things I was reading about myself, I was like, okay, sure, but, like, what? what's the good part?
1: Right. Like, I've had that thought, I guess. I can think of a situation, but, yeah. Yeah, I think it's too because even – so, I mentioned earlier the test has you read all these paragraphs and then you get more details about them. And you have to, like, rank the top three that resonate with you. And I was like, it's really hard because there were, like, three that made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like, that all could be number one at different times. But then when I see this, those are the wings that I was struggling with. So they're still, obviously, huge parts of my personality. How do you think we found each other with just being the same person? It's just meant to be. I mean, I do believe in fate. But I feel like someone should study the fact that infjs or maybe type even type twos i wonder if most infjs are type two i feel like they flock together i don't know if it, if that's like ever been studied but we just gravitate
0: towards oh here are the most common enneagram types for each myers-briggs Ooh, what does it say oh there's okay type four infjs type two okay. infjs yeah Type two INFJ with a three wing, 60%. So yeah, it's pretty common.
1: Okay. Type four, you said two. That's our security point. And then type one INFJs is common too. Okay. Which also a wing of ours. Interesting. Interesting. So that confirms too that you could have different wings. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Now we know. Now we know. Confirmed. (laughs) This is also a thought catalog article, which. Super accurate. I mean, there's, like, charts and graphs and stuff, so I believe
1: (laughs) it. (laughs) That makes
0: it. I used to read a lot of Thought Catalog, like, back in the day. That's how I actually found out about Myers-Briggs. Because I feel like all, like, most of the Thought Catalog is, here's the glass of wine you should drink for your Myers-Briggs personality
1: type. Or, like, here's what type of underwear you should wear. (laughs) Yes. I think I still follow them on, like, Facebook, and they, like, put – post like the clickbait or whatever but I think it's interesting I still read them just because like it takes like one minute and I'm usually entertained
0: yep (laughs) I actually had to unfollow them like a few years ago because I would just get too distracted and be reading it for hours at work
1: well because then they recommend like other like similar articles so it's like a rabbit hole
0: they also have a creepy section which oh which I've read some stories on and I would get so creeped out. And there was one story about Have you ever been to New York City and been in Times Square?
1: I've never been to the East Coast.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. That's soon to be changed, though. You're going it's to Boston. It's true.
1: It's true. So tell me what to expect. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> okay. So I've only been to New York City once, but in Times Square, they have all these like mascot costumes, like Cookie Monster and Elmo <laughs> and like spider-mans and stuff and um which is first of all terrifying in itself because i hate mascots and it's just kind of weird but people just like walk around and take pictures and like you're supposed to tip them and stuff which i can't see that as being a lucrative career but
1: i mean like like, a lot of tourism maybe
0: worth a shot i guess so um I read a story about like a really creepy like creature that was inside one of those things at Times Square, and was whenever you try- like someone would take a picture with it, it would like whisper like something, and then that person would like be cursed, and that story gave me nightmares for
1: like months, oh my God, from thought catalog. I feel like I've accidentally read the scary stories like because the title is intriguing I'll click on it and then I'm like sucked in Mm -hmm. but my bigger issue is that I feel like a lot of them like don't give you closure like it's a cliffhanger yeah (laughs) I'm like wait now I know that's not the person that did it, but what do I do now? Like, yeah. That's true.
0: That story that I was just talking about doesn't have an end. It's basically just like someone like turns into a mascot and they're like stuck in the costume forever.
1: I guess that's why it's called Thought Catalog and not all the thoughts. Just kidding. Bad joke. So long story
0: long, we don't recommend the creepy stories on Thought Catalog.
1: (laughs) But all the other ones. (laughs) Should we talk a little bit about our stress point? Yes. Okay, so we both have the protector or type eight as our stress point.
0: Which means that when we are in a stressful situation, we act more like an eight, which is...
1: This says eights are direct, authoritative, zestful, firm, and oriented to truth and justice. Others may perceive eights as confrontational, intimidating, loud, and controlling. Which I think it makes sense if we're in a high stress situation that we need to... I guess, director, like, show that we're being authoritative. <laughs> that makes sense for me
0: because I'm normally not, like, authoritative. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like I need to be, I can be. And in my last job, it could get kind of stressful because we were corporate communication. So, like, we were, like, dealing with crisis or crises if they happened or, like, needing to, like, make things happen, like, super quickly with not a lot of information. Mm-hmm. and. My boss, was he would kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't want to say, like, crack under pressure, but, like, he would get, like, stressed out and, like, not communicate clearly, and I would be like, okay, I guess I need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So then I felt like I needed to become the authority and be like, okay, what is the information? What are the steps we need to take to do? And so I feel like we worked together well because I could, like, take that role on, But yeah, just like when you said that I was brought back to that situation of of needing to take charge. Yeah, that's a good example.
1: I was also thinking that it it makes a lot of sense with like going back to like being the giver, like a people pleaser, because we're not going to say anything unless there's like something like really unjust happening, because we're going to try to keep the peace. So it makes sense that that's when we have to turn on the Being Um, loud and authoritative. Mm
0: -hmm. I wouldn't say I ever get loud, but...
1: Yeah, I actually don't feel like I do either.
0: No.
1: (laughs) I'm more likely to cry out of anger than yell.
0: (laughs) Same. It's so annoying. I wish I could not. I wish I could yell. Reminds me of the time also at that same job when I was, like, really mad about something and started crying. My boss, like, did not know how
1: to handle it. I'm that person, though, that is, like really bad with tears i feel like like when other people are crying i guess it depends on the situation but if i see someone crying and i even if i don't know why
0: they're crying i will start crying really well i feel like that's what an infj is it's like you can just like feel other people's emotions sometimes even stronger than your own
1: i feel like i can feel that and like wow empathize like i think i can take on their emotions but i'm just not a crier in general
0: well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I am a crier, so.
1: As I always love to sit next to you watching a movie, because undoubtedly there will be tears, but. And he's
0: just emotionally distraught at every
1: <laughs> single movie. <laughs> I feel like that's why I
0: can't watch scary movies, is because then I like, take on everyone's emotions, all the characters' emotions from the movie. I just can't handle it. Yeah. And also, I feel like that's why I need to mentally prepare for movies, and I don't like to watch them very much. (laughs) That's
1: why – I feel like that's why I need closure or happy endings in movies, because otherwise it'll, like, sit with me. Sit with you. For way Mm -hmm. too long. Should we talk a little bit – I haven't looked up our security point.
0: Oh, yeah. So our security point, which is the type we tend to be most like when we feel safe, is type four, the romantic – Oh, speaking of deep feelings.
1: (laughs) I was like, spot on.
0: (laughs) Romantics are idealistic, deep feeling, empathetic, and authentic. They also can be dramatic, moody, and sometimes self-absorbed. I feel like that is also very INFJ. Yes. Because I feel like part of INFJ is you are you're idealistic and always kind of like dreaming and one of your one of your weaknesses is that like you dream up situations in your head and like that's what you think is going to happen and then when it
1: doesn't you're super let down interesting that you said that because I feel like that's not something we talk about but like yeah I always am like making up like stories in my head and I guess I didn't realize not everyone does that
0: I I do that all the time, and I've I've like really had to like train myself to, if I start doing that to like bring my expectations down, right? Because although- especially yeah, especially in I mean any type of relationship, but like I don't know, back in the day when I was like having crushes on people and like <laughs> <laughs> dreaming up like extremely elaborate romantic situations, and then like. <laughs> really sad and they didn't happen.
1: Right? Like, always on the look for, like, a meet-cute. Yes. that's I, I feel that on such a deep level.
0: <laughs> but that's also, like, like, self-absorbed. Like, you're dreaming up a situation
1: about yourself, and it's like,
0: yeah, I'm so great. This person should love me.
1: Yeah. It's true. Yeah, you almost, like, yeah, because you're I- idolizing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think that, yeah, this is super fitting. Also
0: dramatic. <laughs>
1: And moody. Yep, this is me. Also me. I've thrown a tantrum a time or two.
0: <laughs> well, then maybe we should learn the life lesson of a type 4, which is to reclaim wholeness in the present moment by appreciating what is here and now, feeling the experience in their bodies rather than overindulging in the story of what's happening and accepting yourself as you are without needing to be special or unique.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this actually like resonates with me a lot in that like, I always feel, like, something's missing, like, because I'm not in a relationship or I don't have that, like, I haven't found my person yet, so I'm always, mm-hmm. like, if I think about it too much, I will get, like, I don't know, like, discouraged or whatever, because I don't have that yet, even though, whatever, but then it's, like, okay, now focus on the great, like, present things, like, yes, you want this ideal, like, love story, but also your life is pretty great, focus on that, so as I was reading through this, I was, like, huh.
0: It's pretty spot on. <laughs> that's that's so true and not even in like romantic relation or like romantic part of your life relationships, but for me I can see that in like my career and I'm there's days where I'm like, "Ugh, like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I should be like further along or like doing something that I love more or like finding my passion. Like I don't know if I am doing the right thing." I, like, I want to feel like I'm the best at something or, like, doing something really cool, and, but then I need to take a a step back and be, like, no, like, you have an amazing great life. Like, quit it. Yeah. You're fine,
1: so. It's interesting because it talks about this type, like, envying or, or, like, idealizing what others have, and so I feel like there is always that, like, comparison of where people are at and then where you feel like you should be at. Yep. Like whether it's work or relationships or whatever aspect of your life. So I think that, yeah. Okay. So the good news is
0: this is not our main type, but it is an aspect of our personalities. Yes. <laughs> Should we talk about our wings? So we already, we already talked a little bit about the perfectionist wing. Yes. But let's talk about three, the performer wing.
1: So this, I actually have been thinking well, about this a lot. Because it says, like, your focus is task, goals, and recognition of accomplishments. And I, like, was recently promoted, but it was never, like, announced to the company. Like, it just, like, happened and no one was told. And I think that usually people are told, like, via our inner internet. Our leader was, like, working on it for, like, two months and never actually, like, got to announcing it. He just got it done but I like really didn't want to care about being recognized for it but I did like I hated that I cared but I really wanted recognition for my promotion I, I understand that I feel like I would be kind of annoyed about that yeah it just didn't feel as I guess rewarding yeah I don't know I think as much as I don't like that aspect of my personality I definitely need recognition
0: Yeah, so when I I took the test the first time, the free version, three is what I got as my main type, and while I can, like, see that as an aspect of my personality, I don't think it was the main thing.
1: Yeah. What is your love language, out of curiosity?
0: Um, Quality time is number one, which is, like, so true. Like, if I don't get enough quality time, I, like, do not feel loved, and that's when I make up elaborate stories about like the end (laughs) about not the end but just like oh like they don't feel the same way about me as I feel about them and and, or like this is happening this must be going on so they don't love me (laughs) (laughs) but it's not true but yeah quality time and then what
1: are the other ones um physical touch words of affirmation Oh, quality time and words of affirmation. Okay. I was like suspecting that because a lot, I feel like words of affirmation and recognition kind of go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, I would agree. What's, your- is that yours? Words too? of
1: affirmation. Yeah. And quality time is second. So we're not the exact same on that, <laughs> but pretty close.
0: Yeah. I almost feel like that's a female thing too. And like, maybe it's a stereotyping, but like, male love language is. More often, like acts of service. Like, I feel like I've read stories or heard stories about like married couples who are like, don't understand like each other's love language. And like, the husband, the whole time, was like doing all these things for the wife, but not using words of affirmation or spending quality time. And they were like, no, like, he loved you, but he was just like fixing the oven and doing other things to show it. <laughs> if you haven't found your love language, well, we'll also link that below that but the person who like came up with the five love languages has written a lot of books and we have we have some of them we've never actually finished we probably should but yeah like there's one for like a husband and one for wife and so it's like supposed to explain them explain it in a way that like makes sense to you
1: yeah do you have any guesses as to what scow is
0: i feel like he's i mean he's an infj too i feel like he's probably a two yeah <laughs> Like, the same as us. Like, I could see that. Yeah. Maybe, like, slightly different wings. But... I feel like I want to make everyone take this that we've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're going back to the free test that we took because this was more of, like, a multiple choice. Like, a no, partly yes for different situations. And I thought a lot of these questions were were interesting. So, we're going to talk about a few of them.
1: Yeah. Just in in general, looking through these questions, I wonder how they take bias into effect, just like in the results. Because you mentioned, you touched on earlier, like a male and female perspective. Like I can imagine like myself taking this when it says I'm more organized than most, for example, like I can think of one person that's probably more organized than me. So I'm going to say partly or no, like if I can think of at least one example, whereas like, I feel like some people would be like, yeah, one person wouldn't count. Does that make sense?
0: No. Yeah, well, if it's more organized than most, then... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it asks the each question, like, a diff- slightly different way. That's true. So maybe... Each time, met- so maybe that's how it kind of... Yeah. Counteracts it that way. But sometimes I... Like, you wonder about the the accuracy in these because you could like someone could be just taking it in how they see themselves which is really not
1: yeah and I guess it actually how they are right I guess I was relating it to like you know how they say like if there's like a job opening and you there's 10 skills they want you to have and a woman has like nine of the 10 or eight of the ten, oftentimes they don't feel like they're competent enough, etc. Whereas, like, a man will feel like if they have four, oh they they've got it. So I, like, wonder if that factors in at all. Like, oh, yeah, I'm probably better than everyone at this versus, like, actually, like, I can think of one example, so I said no. I totally see what you're saying now. I don't know. It's just interesting, especially since we got different results. I wonder if that helped, like, the styles of questions that are being asked are biased in that way at all. What specific questions did you find interesting? The specific question,
0: basically agree, disagree, or partly. And the question or the statement is, it's strange, but there's something beautiful about sadness.
1: Do you remember what you said for that? I probably said partly because I don't know. I can kind of see it because like, but it's a weird question. What did you say to it? I think I said yes, because...
0: I was like immediately brought back to like writing down sad songs in my notebook in like middle school (laughs) and like thinking the lyrics were so beautiful, but like being like sad about something, but like also relating to this like art of a song. Um, And also like I have this, I have all these journals of like things that I've written over the years like different situations in my life and I love to go back and read them and I feel like that's almost kind of like an
1: art mm-hmm. definitely
0: so I just thought that was like a very interesting yeah random random question
1: yeah
0: but also valid and like determining your personality right
1: I also feel like too like in general like sad movies are attractive to people go see them you enjoy seeing sadness that sounds weird. You enjoy
0: being able to feel emotions, I guess.
1: That's which yeah, is beautiful. That's a better
0: way of saying it. Yes, but the other—I mean—that was the only weird question I saw. I think.
1: Yeah, they're just all interesting. We could, we should link this one too, so people can look the types of questions.
0: Yes, we will. So the the first one we took was called. It was on
1: eclecticenergies.com. dot com.
0: Yep, eclectiveenergies.com, and that's kind of a more of a multiple-choice test, and that's free. And then the second one we took, which we feel like was more accurate, mm-hmm. was only, it was only $10, and it's enneagramworldwide.com, which we will also link in the show notes. Indeed. I'll link this stock catalog article that shows what the most common Enneagram types are for your Myers-Briggs personality. <laughs>
1: Perfect. <laughs> All of our INFJ friends report back. Yes,
0: and other and friends. And others.
1: Everyone should tell us what type they are and etc. So we yeah. can analyze your life. Exactly.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode about the Enneagram. We hope
1: you enjoyed, and go take the test yourself. Learn about yourself. It's great. Yeah. Tell your friends to take it and to also listen to our podcast and – Leave us a five-star review. You can check us out at floralcouchconversations.com.
0: Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at floralcouchconversations. If you have any questions, you need advice on anything, we haven't done a Dear Petal Peeps segment in a while, so we'd love to hear your questions. Keep it totally anonymous, so feel free to reach out, floralcouchconversations at gmail.com. And check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and anywhere you listen. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye.